the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, as they say, fire in the hole. Our next guest is lighting it up today across social media. David French is back with us. He wrote a piece that uh, is in today's New York Times called Conservatives Fail the NFL's Free Speech Test. David is a senior writer at National Review. And David, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me back. Thank you. Man, are you in trouble. Woo! <laughs> I am. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So everybody's mad at you today. Although you have a, you have attracted some new friends, so I guess that's good. Um, you wrote today in the New York Times about uh, the NFL's free speech test. And um, let's go back and say that the NFL yesterday um, at its annual meeting decided to make some changes. So some of, them, some of the changes had to do with uh, kickoffs. Some of the changes had to do with you know, the, the, their continued attempt to minimize head injuries, which, you know, I'm all behind. Sure. Um, but of course, the thing that got the most publicity was their policy on what we're going to do with people that don't honor the national anthem. So, David, why don't you pick it up from there? Yeah. So the NFL basically decided that you're going to have to stand and respect the flag or stay in the locker room. Okay. So no more kneeling. Um, now, a lot of people applauded this. Vice President Pence put out a statement that uh, a, a summary of the league rule and then under hashtag winning on Twitter, uh, President Trump celebrated it this morning on Fox and Friends. But I had a different reaction. Um, you know, look, conservatives for a long time have been saying that America, America is increasingly intolerant of corporate of, of conservative speech. You know, Google fired James Daymore. Mozilla forced out Brendan Eich. Uh, the incidents on college campuses are just too numerous to mention. And then a lot of those, those are private entities. They're private corporations. They're private universities. And they're creating an atmosphere of intolerance that's telling an awful lot of conservatives, hey, look, you either be silent or toe the line or lose your job. Yeah. And, and conservatives have been upset, rightly upset about this mm-hmm. for a long time. Right. Well, then along comes the NFL, and what does the NFL do? The NFL says, "Do what, you know? don't kneel or you could be fine. And conservatives are celebrating this. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. If, if we want to be able to dissent from the party line at Facebook or Google or Yale or Claremont McKenna College or Middlebury, you name it, um, why are we forcing football players uh, to toe the party line for the NFL? Uh, don't we, shouldn't we fight for the rights of others that we'd like to exercise ourselves? Yeah. And uh, that, that was my basic core contention. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been a little a bit of an interesting day on social media. Yeah. Our friend Jerry Boyer, who you might also know, he lives here in Pittsburgh and, yeah. um, and writes across the web. He said something to me years ago that I have never forgotten. He said, you know that you're mature enough for democracy when you want the guy you disagree with most to be able to say whatever he wants to say. <laughs> That's great. 
I yeah. like that. And so yeah, that's like what that. we're talking about. Are we mature enough? I, I really do think that's a good way to look at it. Are we mature enough to advocate a cultural environment of speech that allows someone that we disagree with most to say their full statement? Well, right. And I think the answer to that is increasingly no. Um, you know, I, I was responding to some critics and I wrote a follow-up today in National Review. And, and I said, look, you know, we're reaching a point where uh, a bank, for example, isn't just a bank anymore. It's also, it has to be a bank that opposes gun rights and defends rights to abortion. And uh, it's also a bank that is involved in social justice. And so banks aren't banks anymore. They're political entities. And then consumers aren't just consumers looking for the best product. They're looking for the best product from people they like. And so often they'll even put up with or tolerate a worse product uh, so long as they're supporting the right ideology. And, and what that ends up doing is creating a very tribal society and a very balkanized, hostile society that basically says, look, I want you to agree with me, or I don't, I don't necessarily think you should be able to earn a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's very dangerous to a culture of free speech. But David, the, the players themselves are employees, so the employer has the right to tell their employees mm-hmm. how to act in the workplace, right? Well, yes. There's no. This isn't a legal argument. This isn't saying that the NFL has to let the players stand sure. any more than I'd be arguing that Google had to keep James Damore employed when he wrote his uh, memo uh, proposing alternative ways to hire more women software engineers. Uh, this is what you, about what we should do, not what we must do. Right. And, and I think we should be fostering an atmosphere of greater tolerance. You uh, know, in, in a real way, we we just kind of need to chill out a little bit and not turn every single space in American public life into a political battlefield. And that's what exactly it is right now. We need to take a quick break. David French is with us. He wrote a piece today in the New York Times, Conservatives Fail the NFL's Free Speech Test. We'll be back in just a few minutes. David French is with us, a senior writer for the National Review. Today's New York Times, an article that David wrote, Conservatives Fail the NFL's Free Speech Test. So what we're talking about, David and John, is that we, we, we need, if we're going to be consistent with our values, and one of our values is that we value free speech and, and liberty, we need to be mature enough to say, okay, we are opening up the public square to people who think something totally different than we do, and we want them to be able to say it and show it. Yeah, but the, you know what, though? When I see these guys kneeling on Sunday, I know it makes me angry. Of course. I do not who like it. see that? Right. Okay, but, but David, so that's where the rubber meets the road, right? When, when you hate to see it, but you still have to advocate that they have the right to do it. Well, right. And, and also, I think part of it is all, there, there's two... There's a corporate responsibility, uh, which I think is to, uh, to to stick to its knitting. In other words, you know, the NFL needs to concentrate on putting the best possible football product on the field, and and worry less about the political activities of its players. Um, but there's also a consumer responsibility, and and you know, the, the the word tolerance implies that there is something to tolerate. It implies that you have to exercise some measure of forbearance and patience. And I didn't like Colin Kaepernick's protest uh, at all. And in fact, you know, parts of it were particularly egregious when he would wear socks oh, to practice. Oh, wasn't where, that the worst? Oh, terrible, oh. terrible. Uh, 
you know, and so he, not only did he do it, he did it in a way that was many times, it, it seemed to be unnecessarily and intentionally inflammatory. Yes. Uh, and, and so, you know, but that's where the notion of tolerance comes in. Do I want, do I want to be the kind of person, do I want this to be the kind of nation that says, I'm looking for the products that are never going to bother me, or Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the products that are always going to reinforce what I believe. And that's really hard to do in a multi-ethnic, multi-faith, continent-sized democracy (laughs) full of people with lots of different values and worldviews. And, you know, look, in our, in our polarized times, we, we, got, we kind of have a choice, each one of us. Do we want to contribute to that, or do, do we want to be part of the solution? And, and the nice thing about it is, look, I can disagree all day with Colin Kaepernick, and I wrote quite a bit when he first started his kneeling protest, saying he should not be doing that. I don't want him to do that. Um, I, I can actually disagree with a person while still believing that they should have the right mm-hmm. and opportunity to, opportunity to say their piece. Right. Right. But if Colin Kaepernick read one of your pieces, and I remember those, if he read one of those, one of your pieces, and he was convinced, he changed his mind, and then he decided not to kneel, that's different than him being compelled not to kneel. Yes. Yes, exactly. And especially in the context of saluting the flag. I mean, the salute to the flag is supposed to be a demonstration of national unity. Uh, it's supposed to be a demonstration. It's supposed to be something, a moment that brings us all together across political differences. If you're rising because you have to, that is not a demonstration of unity. It's, a dem- it's an exercise of coercion. And that is, goes against the very purpose of the entire exercise. Of course, so, right. You know, if you're saying, hey, I love confusion, Conformity, that is very different from saying I love unity. And I think most Americans would pre- would prefer unity over forced conformity. No doubt. Mm-hmm. So then, David. If- well, they say they would, but I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if that's true. Maybe so, right. Okay, so then, David, if in a perfect world, if you were the commissioner of the NFL, you would have proposed what? I would just, I would say uh, that it is the preference of the league that players rise. However, um, they as long as they do not disrupt the uh, the national anthem ceremony itself, that they are free to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know what? If you're relaxed about it, if you're actually relaxed about it, there's going to be very little backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the reasons why this issue became so big is President Trump, right when these kneeling protests were dying out, I think the week before he raised it to national debate, there were six players in the whole NFL who were kneeling, six. Then he he raised it to, you know, top of page one, and it was more than 200 players. You know, one thing that's really interesting about the NBA, the NBA, for example, is uh, a league where a lot of the players are very socially engaged, very socially active. A lot of them are very engaged and active in progressive causes, but they've never had any kneeling. You know, why is that? One of the reasons why is that players in the NBA understand and know that the league itself supports them, and mm. the league itself is not trying to censor them. Mm. So what they do is they re- they reciprocate to the league by not giving the league unnecessary problems. It's a because that's not a, in the, that's uh, not in their best interest anyway. Exactly, exactly. So there's a atmosphere of mutual respect. One of the problems we have in the NFL is there is not an atmosphere of mutual respect between owners and players. 
And I think that exacerbates mm-hmm. things yeah. tremendously. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And I yeah. also think that there's, to me, there as I don't want to see that. I don't want to see somebody disrespect the fly. Just get so, the worst. Oh, just, however, there was one thing that I, in some ways, respected and thought was just quintessentially American, which was you said, you know, there was one week where there were only six players that were kneeling. And then the president came out and said, you know, all of you, you know, SOB should be fired if you're kneeling. And the next week they were like, 200 players. <laughs> 200 players. What I liked is that that truly is quintessentially American, yeah. which is don't you tell Stick me. It to the man. Right, don't you tell yeah. me what I have to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what? That that was that was something. And, it, and also when you talk about who are you who are you ordering to stand, you're you're directing that to football players who have prided themselves since their since their early childhood on showing an, un, uh, an unusual amount of toughness and courage. Mm. And so you're basically challenging these people, do what I say, with no ability to back that up at all. Right. And so you're really challenging, in a lot of ways, You, were, you he was challenging how tough are you, how much courage do you have, and 200-plus players said, well, what are you going to do now? Right, right. yeah. <laughs> and, and so I totally, I looked at that, that kneeling, those weeks, the first couple of weeks after Trump laid down that challenge, not as disrespecting the flag, but as defying President Trump. Mm-hmm. And those are two different things. They surely are. And, you know, you were thinking that after all this time, as the uh, NFL season gets underway in late August and September, that they would have had, you know, this thing under you know, under control. But it's going to be chaos again, because as part of this, I read yesterday that the owner of the uh, the jet, the New York Jets, they're saying, well, if you fine us, then the ownership will pay the fines, which just adds a whole nother flavor to the stew. Yeah, but it depends on how big the fines are, because that number has not been released. No, it has not. Well, I guarantee you the owner of the Jets could pay the fine no matter I'm what. I'm sure is. he can. Yeah, but how long is he going to want to? I mean, he didn't get to his, yeah. you know, economic position by just tossing money away. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That but you know, that that goes back to the the dysfunction in the NFL. You know, you have a a league that is poorly run compared to the NBA. It is poorly run. Uh the owners and the players are in many ways deeply alienated from each other for reasons that go back a decade or more uh-huh. uh, related to issues like player safety, player health, yep. uh, the o- owners suppressing information and research that could have helped players. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of bitterness there that doesn't exist in the NBA, and it just goes to show the importance of wise leadership. Amen to that. Hey, David, thanks an awful lot. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. David French, senior writer for the National Review. In today's New York Times, he wrote an article, Conservatives Fail the NFL's Free Speech Test. David French. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.